it's just important to realize that anybody who's having a baby, anybody who, you know, is, is, you know, starting a family that it just, just know that it is a possibility and it could happen. Um, and so also just to support, if you know somebody who's facing a NICU stay, whether it's for one or two days or if it's for longer, no parent ever expects to end up in the NICU. And so I think just by being aware that it is a possibility sometimes and that, um, you know, it is scary, but it is, it is an incredible place knowing that the kind of care you're getting is, is so important. And I think that, you know, as long as people talk about it and as long as you know that it's there and what they're doing in that space and how important their work is, I think that's just all it is about bringing the awareness to the NICU. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. The month of September is back to school for many, but uh, for, for a few, it's a very special month. This NICU Awareness Month is throughout the entire month of September. And those that have been you know, in, in the NICU, either as a worker or as a parent, know it all too well. And someone who's had that experience joins me now, Ashton. Uh, thank you so much for doing this today. Oh, no, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your experience. Um, how did you end up in the NICU in Winnipeg? You know, it was very uh, sudden, and I, we weren't expecting it, but most NICU parents would probably say that. Um, our son, at 27 weeks, wasn't doing well. They had uh, they did a fetal ul- ultrasound, and it just turned out that uh, our little guy wasn't uh, wasn't growing as he should. So at 28 weeks and three days gestation, I had an emergency C-section, and uh, and he came out a little early. All right, so take us through what that is like, because not only you say emergency C-section, so that's already scary. Then you end up having your son taken away from you. Take us through those moments after you know he's out and and then he's taken away. You know, um, I think you know anybody who's had a C-section would be able to say it's it's a little crazy in there. There's a lot of hustle and a lot of bustle, even if it's a planned C-section. Um, for us, we didn't know what kind of uh, what kind of shape uh, he would be in when when he came out? Um, luckily for us, he came out crying, and immediately uh, the, the hospital staff started using words like "fighter" and "feisty," um, which is very very sweet. They uh, they they're so good with how they choose their words and how they phrase things because um, they've seen this before. They've been in every situation, and ultimately, they're the ones making the decisions to help save you and your baby's life. But it was just. A whirlwind. I can only imagine. And uh, you're already, there's so many emotions going around. The calming influences of the nurses and doctors, though, that had to be so good for you in those minutes and, and hours after uh, putting your son into the NICU, right? Correct. Um, one of the one of the nurses who was in the operating room, she, she's, she'd been one of those, uh, she's one of those nurses who had been about around the block a few times. And uh, she asked the surgeon, uh, you know, like, how, how big are we expecting? And he said, you know, just over two pounds. And she says, oh, so he's going to be a big one then. And I just, I remember looking at her thinking, that is two sticks of butter, lady. Like, <laughs> that is not big. So, you know, um, yeah, you just, you had to put all your all your faith and support into into the medical staff who were making these decisions. It, it must have been just terrifying. Try, can you, did you get to hold your son at all or did they take him uh, as soon as he, you know, as soon as he was out, did they take him away? No, he came out crying, which was amazing. They loved to see that, but he was immediately removed to the NICU. Um, they knew we'd been coming about a week before our delivery 
every day. So we at 27 weeks, there was a problem. And then I was put in the hospital under very close observation. And every day they would do a check. Oh, not today. Oh, not today. And then seven days later, yeah, it's today. And so they knew we were coming. They were able to prepare, which is a luxury not every parent gets. Um, so I had a little bit extra time to prepare myself for all that. But once he was delivered, he was immediately removed to the uh, NICU staff and uh, and they took it from there. All right. So then take us through what happens next. So he's, he's taken by the staff. What happens to your baby once he's in the, the hands of the NICU staff? So once uh, once he's out, they do an assessment. Um, they, they do all the same checks that they would do, you know, upon a normal baby being delivered. Um, all Ultimately, there's a lot more support that's needed. So they, they assess what kind of respiratory support. Um, they check his levels. They get him all set up. And so they kind of cleaned up and, and hooked up and then all calmly settled into, into the NICU. Um, that all happened while I was recovering from the C-section. So, so you uh, don't actually know what they're doing. You're recovering. Right. While, they, while your baby, who came out crying but you haven't actually got to hold yet, is being taken away for tests. Yes. What, what's your headspace like then? Are you able to process everything that's going on? No, like you're just worrying about is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're, that's what you're trying to tell yourself is that you have to trust the professionals because they're doing something you cannot do. All right, so once he's, he's taken away, he's got all the tests, he's hooked up. When did you actually get to see him for the first time? So... My husband got to see him um, pretty much right after I came out of the C-section recovery, like post-op. Um, the because I had, you know, a limited capability, I didn't see him until almost 24 hours later um, because I had to be able to walk and, and get myself there. Um, my husband could go into the NICU whenever he wanted, and he did lots of checks, and he was able to take pictures. Um, I I was able to see him about 18 hours later. As a first-time mom, this is all going on, and then you're told you can't see your son exactly, and you know, you're know you not exactly sure what's going on. You're being told everything. It's relayed information. What was the emotions like when you did get to see him for the very first time? Um, see, it was amazing, but we walked in into the NICU at almost the least opportune time um, when we walked in, he was surrounded by doctors and nurses and uh, they were they were doing something to him uh, called they were putting a lubricant into his lungs called surfactant. And what it does is because he was born so early, uh, his body hadn't made this natural um, this natural thing that helps the lungs open and close. So what they do is they go in and they put this lubricant in to help it help the lungs open and close so that he can breathe easier. Okay. But we walked in as they were doing that. And Ooh. that was, I, I think I said, I think I need to sit down. And my husband, and I think he didn't mean to crack a joke, but I think he did. And he said something to the effect of, oh, maybe we should have called ahead. So <laughs> <laughs> funny now, probably not what you wanted to hear at the time. Yeah, no, we laugh about it now. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. How, uh, how was your husband, you know, all through this? Because the only two people that can really understand what the other one is going through is the parents of a child who's been taken into the NICU. So, you know, what, what was that like with you and your husband during this whole time? You know, I, I've said it time and time again. We, it's, it was a little bit weird, but we were such a team. We just supported each other. And 
Um, we were on the same page when it came to making the decisions. And, you know, um, when I was unable to ask questions or I wasn't thinking clearly, he asked questions, which was a bit of a, a miracle by itself because he's usually on the quieter side. But he asked a ton of questions and I was asking questions and we just we were a team and we supported each other. And that's what made all the difference. Do you think it made you I, and, and not to suggest that you were not already close, but do you think it just brought you as a couple to a different level, you know, the, with that communication, with the with the emotional connection you had going through this together? Absolutely. I mean, you you see each other in your worst at your worst days and and you still try to find ways to make each other smile and make each other happy. And I think when you're wanting to do that and when you're you're pulling together to do that, you can't help but become even closer. Now, do you have a similar kind of relationship with other parents that have kids in the NICU at the same time as your son? I, I always imagine, uh, you know, that, that parents who have kids in that situation kind of have an unspoken bond or even maybe a, a spoken relationship after. Is that something that you experienced? Absolutely. Um, we were so we were at the St. Boniface Hospital in the NICU there, and what they do, how they do it, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, they have pods, and in each pod, there's eight bedsides, and so it's a bit of an open area. And so you have babies, and you have parents, and you have you know, and it's a bit. I don't want to say it's a community, but um, you do get to know people. And some of my closest friends, like we have Jameson, my son, and I have so many friends from the NICU now. Um, and we we keep in touch and we have play dates and we get together and and it's really, really great. But um, I have one picture where you just see how many different walks of life everybody is from. And then you just kind of it doesn't matter in the NICU. It doesn't matter. Not everybody leaves the NICU with a happy story. It's it, it is a scary place and it's it's sometimes a very sad place when you got to take your son home, when you got to pick him up and when you got to take him home. What was that like for you and your husband? Well, we actually, it was amazing, but it was, we were expecting one more day. So when they announced that morning that we were going home that day, a little bit of shock, um, a little bit of, uh, can I do this? I mean, we were there for 81 days. That's a long time. Um, so we were very excited, but we were also very nervous. And the, I don't know if you've seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, um, but there's a scene in there where Brooks, uh, the gentleman says, you know, like he's he's been institutionalized and he gets to leave and he doesn't he doesn't want to leave because this is what he knows and this is his comfort. And I said to my husband, I think I've been institutionalized, um, but I don't like it was amazing. And coming home felt so great, a little bit scary, but it was just it was just so great. Uh, now, luckily for you, I think you were prior to COVID having really shut everything down or, or was it just what, what was COVID doing at this time when you were in the in the NICU? So COVID was just starting to be talked about. We were discharged on March 1st of 2020. Um, I think 10 days later, the whole world shut down. So we we got out of there just in the nick of time. Um, yeah, we we so we were there from December out. December 4th to about March 1st and we just got out before that is uh absolutely incredible okay so you're home and you know now now you're a mom like you've had 81 days to think about this and you finally have him home and he's he's crying he's he's a baby how how did you and your husband deal with that because you didn't have doctors and nurses to help no no our bench wasn't as deep as it was before (laughs) 
So that was a little bit interesting. Um, I We had a lot of support, uh, specifically from friends and family. I, there was a couple of days where my mom st- came and stayed overnight. Um, she, you know, like we had people supporting and, and bringing meals, which was amazing. And, uh, and, we, and they were also just so happy for us because they'd been, you know, with us along this journey. Um, but they hadn't ever really been able to see him or meet him. And so it's weird to think that I had a baby that was three months old and nobody had met him yet. So that was, it was, it was good. It was, there were hard moments, but it was very, very good. I'm sure during the entire ordeal, we'll call it over more than 81 days, because you knew that this was coming. So is there, is there any, is there any time where you thought I I maybe can't do this? I can't go on. I don't know if, if, if my boy is going to make it. Was there any moments where you, where you lost hope? You know, for some, for a, for a baby who was born three months premature, we got, we were very fortunate. Um, our son's road in the NICU was a fairly straightforward one. I remember one major setback, though. I got a phone call. We were almost at the hospital from driving in from in the morning, and we got a phone call from the doctor, which no, <laughs> which you don't want. Um, you know, he'd had a bad night. He didn't, um, so he, he wasn't responding well. So they had to, up until that point, he'd been on a CPAP machine for, for respiratory support. And um, they had to intubate him, which was hard to hear. It was even harder to see when we got there. And I remember just having a total breakdown. And the nurse we had, she was a sweetheart. But up until that point, I'd only seen her work on the really sick babies. So when I walked in and I saw her, I burst into tears and I said, they only give you the sick ones. And (laughs) she was so good. And, and, you know, like because she's just experienced. And at that point in the NICU, um, when your baby is intubated, you have one nurse. Sometimes um, one nurse will have two babies under her care just because of how it's set up and, and what those babies need. But when a baby is intubated, you get one-on-one care. And I just remember freaking, not freaking out, but but bursting out. And, you know, she was so good. But that was that was a bit of a low moment. Um, Ashton, uh, before we get into how Jameson is doing now and why this month is so important, uh, you know, obviously to you, but why it should be so important to many people. When you have a baby in the NICU, you would say your your life stopped, right? I mean, your entire life now revolves around making trips into the city, finding this stuff, finding information. Just take us through what that was like to have your world stop eighty for eighty one days while you waited for your baby. You know, um, it was intense. It was emotional. But one of the things about the St. Boniface Hospital is they very much encourage parental uh, care. So I, I mean, I was watched like a hawk by the nurses and the doctors. If I was having an emotional day, if I was struggling, um, but what one of the interesting things that they do there is they really encourage parental help right from the beginning. It's not you're here to visit your baby; you are here to parent your baby. Um, from day one, I was helping change diapers. I was checking temperatures. Um, if I could help with a feeding, if I could do holding skin to skin care. I held him like he was less, he was about 24 hours old and I was holding my two pound baby for the first time. They were incredible. um, And they really much encouraged as much parental um, help as possible. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. That being said, one of the things they also encourage for moms, especially with preemies, is if 
you are able to pump and provide breast milk for your babies, that is amazing. Um, every preemie that's born, whether the mom is able to pump or not, is started on breast milk at the beginning just because of all the amazing properties that's found in there. Um, but part of, part of my journey was the fact that I was able to pump. And so every three hours, like clockwork, eight times a day, I, in amongst helping care for my son, we, you know, that was a, a journey that we, we embarked on as well, which was a whole new world and took a lot of learning. But, um, but obviously it helped him out and he's doing really great. That is so good. Yeah, let's get into how he's doing now. He's been home for a while. He's a growing boy. And, and just, uh, you know, what's it like to watch him, to be able to watch him grow up uh, after seeing him in the NICU for 81 days? You know, it's amazing. I mean, so many people will look at him and see him and they don't even, they, they, they wouldn't even know that that's how he started out in his life. Other than being a bit on the small side, he is... I call him a little turbo, like he just will not stop moving. And um, I mean, there's a lot of follow up that happens um, and a lot of people watching his development. And to be honest, he's he's blown them out of the water. So when I say I was fortunate with the trajectory that we had in the NICU and out of the NICU, we got we were so fortunate because um, it, it and it's it's going really, really well for us. For you as a mom, I'm, I'm sure there's there's always that overwhelming urge to protect your children. But knowing what he's been through, is there more so? And and how do you process knowing that he still needs to be a boy and a kid without trying to protect him too much? Or is that something that you you know you balance every day? Yeah, I think what you're describing is being a helicopter mom. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because, and I know it's not for everyone, but I did I did reach out and talk to somebody um, after we came home from the NICU because I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to have have those feelings and and think that I couldn't that I that he couldn't make mistakes that he couldn't fall down and so for me I mean I've kept in close contact with a lot of people from the NICU so that in itself is a support but I did reach out and talk to somebody just with those fears of concern because I was I didn't I didn't want him to grow up that way yeah you didn't want to be a over overprotective and again I'm sure the urge was there but like you said talking to someone really helps and again you talked to about uh, closeness with the NICU and that's what this month is all about is appreciating what amazing uh, facilities we are we're able to have to help save children's lives the the nurses and the doctors with their incredible training just as a mom who's been there why is this month important I think it's really important because up until um, the week where I was informed, you know what, this isn't, he's not doing great. You're at the end of your pregnancy, et cetera. Um, the NICU didn't cross my mind once. It's not talked about in any of your prenatal care. It's not really talked about amongst a lot of people. I mean, everybody has that one person who may have had someone who was in the NICU for a couple of days or, or something like that. Um, but it isn't really ever broached. So until that moment happened for me, the, being in the NICU didn't even, like, wasn't even in this world. So I think um, it's just important to realize that anybody who's having a baby, anybody who, you know, is, is you know, starting a family, that it just, just know that it is a possibility and it could happen. Um, and so also just to support, if you know somebody who's facing a NICU stay, whether it's for one or two days or if it's for longer, no parent ever expects to end up in the NICU. And so... I think just by being aware that it is a possibility sometimes and that, um, you know, it is scary, but it is it is an incredible place knowing that 
the kind of care you're getting is is so important. And I think that, you know, as long as people talk about it and as long as you know that it's there and what they're doing in that space and how important their work is, I think that's just all it is about bringing the awareness to the NICU. Ashton, thank you so much for sharing your story. Hopefully uh, we can continue not only throughout the month uh, celebrating uh, the amazing work that NICU does, the amazing people there, but we can take it going forward and know that uh, families like yourself are not alone and there's a lot of support and there's there's always somebody you can talk to. And I'm sure you would say if uh, if there's a mom that's going through it right now, you would be there for them. Absolutely. I I have had a few people reach out to me since we've been out of the NICU. I've had a few people who have shared their story or some people who have asked, hey, I know someone, how can I help them? What can I do to help them? Because a lot of people don't know how, which makes sense, right? You don't want to bug them. You don't want them to feel like, oh, like answering somebody is another thing I have to do yet today. How can you support without interfering? Um, and that's really important. But if anybody um, if anybody needed to reach out or had any questions, I would be more than happy. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings, only on Country 107.